smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the Money Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Chancellor. And Josh is away because retail is retail. <laughs> it is a prison that traps us all Jeez. at one point or another. <laughs> uh, we have a very, very special episode. That's twice as special as, twice any as episode special. before. It is, it is. We are continuing on our interviews with uh, first-time filmmakers and we have the a wonderful and amazing Brit Kind. Hello, hello. Hello, Britt. Thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) Britt is a uh, feature filmmaker, uh, Brisbane-based, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But as always, Mm -hmm. we start by asking, what have you been watching? And we'll ask the guests, what have you been watching this week, Britt? I actually watched Hereditary for the first time. (gasps) Oh, my God. It is amazing. So good. It did take me like two goes because I'd started watching it just before work. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) It's two hours. What? (laughs) But it is so good. Like Tony Collette. Like, she's terrifying now yeah. to me. So yeah. I see her normally and I'm like, oh, God, she's on the roof she's or gonna, something. She's going to saw her own neck off with piano. Yeah. She's going to fly cool. through the air. <laughs> and then she, I just imagine she's just up on the side of the wall looking down on you. Yeah. Oh, that haunts my dreams yeah. now. It was great, though. I loved yeah. it. Oh, we've, we've, oh, I fucking love that movie. I need mm. to rewatch it again. I'm doing, I'm trying to prep like a horror movie for my second feature. Ah. And so that's like a big influence on that kind of, that um, atmospheric kind rather than yeah. like the more popcorn-y kind of thing. I, I still stand by. I saw it for the first time with Shane in the cinema he was watching it for the second time and as it got to that that point oh dear yeah I was sitting I I literally was like how the hell is he watching this a second time (laughs) I don't I it's an amazing movie but I'm only ever gonna watch that movie once it's very traumatizing (sighs) well I watched that scene three times because I started it again and I was like just you are sick yeah I know I was like why am I doing this to myself again (laughs) just one more time just for flavor I'm like, oh, I hate this scene so much. <laughs> Anything else? Was it? Or was that? Uh, I watched Afterlife. Afterlife is it good? Because I've heard rave reviews. It's incredible. It is like absolutely incredible. I like don't like Ricky Gervais. I love him. I'm like, I like I can appreciate like I love extras and stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't like Ricky Gervais, and so it's ah. this weird kind of push and pull of should I, should I not watch it? I like him because he's just so abrasive. Like I love it. He's <laughs> just there. He's like dropping the C bomb every three seconds. I'm crying in every single episode. Like binge watched it with a whole pack of tissues, bawling my eyes out. There's a part where you just see a puppy. And it, there's nothing happening to the puppy, but I just cried. And I like actually said to who I was watching it with, I'm like, it's a puppy. And they're like, oh my God, we need to stop watching this. <laughs> it was great. Okay. I think I might have to check out because I've been seeing pretty consistently big like praises as of as being like an emotional thing as well as, yeah. you know, quite funny. It's still and stuff. funny. It's like, you can't really say lighthearted because the concept of his partner dying <laughs> yeah. from cancer and everything is brutal. Just lighthearted, you know, death yeah. of a loved one. It's like Derek if you watch that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Shane, did you I have not see seen Derek? Derek yet. Okay, it's yeah, because my mum's seen it and she was oh. telling me about it. I'm like, oh, it kind of reminds me of Derek because Derek, it was very funny, but yeah. I, it, heartbreaking at points and yeah. really sweet. He's good. I don't. I don't know. Cool. I like him. Yeah, I, so I think I'm problematic. <laughs> Very problematic. He's good at that. Uh, yeah. uh, Chance, what have you been watching? Um, so I uh, I had to prepare for uh, a guest spot on second take this week. So I watched uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels again. Love it. Uh, I'm, that's like the third time this year you've seen it. <laughs> Maybe it's my favorite movie. I, I I can't not love that movie. Ever. This was the first time I watched it with a critical. Uh, a critical view of it and uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on that listen to the second tape podcast episodes with me in it they're the only important episodes uh, and then I also watched um, uh, The Man Who Knew Too Little 
which... Oh, yeah. Is that the Steve uh, Martin? Uh, no. no, no, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. I've spoken about it on the podcast before. I bring it up every now and then. And yeah, no, great movie. Love it. And I finally gave in because of your goddamn sister started finally watching Game of Thrones. Um, <gasps> you only just started. Wait, what did my sister Look, do? I watched the first episode when it came out. It ended in a cliffhanger and I was like, fuck you, I don't have time for cliffhangers in my life. I'll wait for it all to be out. But first, I'll read the books. So I read the first book, then I read the second book, and then found out all the books weren't out yet. So I threw the fucking table over and just waited uh, and waited, waited. He did. He got me good. And and now finally the show's about to end. Uh, I'm guessing because you know how my my, my wife went and worked with your mom and your sister at their school. Um, Yeah. I, I came to pick up my wife. And she was watching Game of Thrones. I don't know if she was watching it. Uh, Courtney was talking to her about it, and ah. as they left, she was like, "I'm going to watch it when I get home." And I was like, "What? What do we what? 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 Game. Game of Thrones." And I was like, "All right, you know, now is a good time. I'll do it." And yeah, the, even though I know like literally everything that happens for the next however long until the new season, um, I still it's still very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, it has a lot of rewatchability, especially mm. just in just yeah. the production of it. You're just like mm. Jesus. I will say there are things in the book that they explain better that yeah. I, I kind of like. I don't know if I like the subtlety because Chanel didn't get things at all. And I was like, oh, this happened because of this. Uh, I'm only three That's episodes in. That's me with in. the family because I've read all the books. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Until you get to the new episodes yeah. and then you're like, I don't know, probably yeah. means something. Well, the second last <laughs> season's completely, it's basically, it's weird. It's a show that's basically turned into fan fiction when you think about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's like people imagining what the sequels are that don't exist yet. It's kind <laughs> of weird. Hasn't uh, George R. R. Martin given them notes and been like, he gave hey, them look. like brief overview, but he hasn't, re- he does a lot of making it up as he goes. What a dickhead. I think his wife said she was going to divorce him if he killed Sansa or Arya. Oh, really? like, that's amazing like, <laughs> keep control of that he's probably just like they're both dead now i want a divorce <laughs> <laughs> uh what about you shane what have you been watching um i've been so busy with i've just been doing some full-time work and uh, a web series i've only watched like two things which is mm. this is like terrible for me normally in comparison to my usual gamut of of, of yeah, films work has ruined you man and both of them are rewatches. i i met because I'm, I'm staying with um alex my cinematographer friend and i made him watch uh bo burnham's what Oh, great. The stand-up special. Brilliant. I still think it's his best one. Yeah, yeah. Although Make Happy is growing on me the more I see it. Um, And I rewatched because Alex hadn't seen it and really wanted to watch it. He wanted to watch um, Suspiria, the remake, because he'd seen the original and has mixed feelings about the original and he has mixed feelings about the remake too. (laughs) I'm the same. Have you seen this? Have you seen it? No, I haven't. They're, they're weird. I it's made the mistake weird. of, so we've watched the original together. I just watched the red letter media. So this week they did a review of the original and the remake. And it was pretty much just cause Jay wanted to talk about the uh, remake and they wouldn't do it in half of the bag because Mike doesn't want to watch it. Uh, so I, I watched those and honestly, from how he explained it, I think I'd prefer the uh, remake. Um, Most people do because it's a little more, I think the original is beautifully looking, but it mm. just doesn't make any sense. The mm. remake makes more sense, but still not complete sense. Yeah. But there's some. There's a couple of sequences. And what I found is that the bits I didn't like, I didn't like even more. But the bits I liked, I liked even more this time around. Oh, there's this okay, this yeah. sequence, this first uh, dance rehearsal thing. Because basically, like witches run a dance school. Is the is the, and it's like a horror movie. And Tilda Swinton's like one of the head of witches and she plays like three characters in the remake. Yeah, isn't she two head witches? Come on. Yes, she's two head witches and an old man. So, but um, there's a sequence where they do the dance and the dance is part of the magic ritual thing that they do. And it basically, she like dances a girl in another room to death. She like throws around, breaks her bones and everything by doing this dance. It's really Which cool. really annoys me that the original did nothing with the, because like, it was like incidentally a dance They do school. ballet. It was like, hey, it's ballet, we're witches. 
Let's never talk about ballet ever again. Hey. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Well, the whole thing with a ballet movie or anything to do with ballet in a movie is that the dancers are killing themselves to do it. So wouldn't you use that? Yeah. Not in Suspiria. In Suspiria, <laughs> the it's a ballet school. <laughs> yeah. In, in, the, in the remake, the, the, the dance is integral to the magic. Oh, so the magic, okay. yeah, yeah. It's part of this. It's a ritual they're trying to use to revive the main mother. And it's, it's good. It just, there's a lot. And it's like two and a half hours long. And it's really unnecessarily long. It yeah. could be like 90 minutes and still get all the things they wanted to get across. It's just, but it's all right. It's all right. <clears throat> so that's all I've, all I've really watched. But Brit. Tell us a bit about yourself. Where did you start? Did you, how did you get into film? All that kind of stuff. I uh, always loved independent cinema. Like absolutely loved it. The more B grade it was, I was like, hell yeah. How much <laughs> do they make this for? Like this is terrible. There's a boom in shot. It's amazing. So I was going to study at film school and then went, oh, they don't actually really teach you how to make a movie like that. So <laughs> what's the, the point? did the smart thing. <laughs> right? Save myself a We've lot We've got to of learn money. more from her. She's <laughs> <Yeah>. a genius. <laughs> <laughs> so everything I was going to spend on film school, I spent on making my own feature. So that's, that's how I learned great. how to make a film. That's good. That's the Tarantino way. Tarantino yeah, did that way. Awesome. I wish I was that famous and had that much money. But well, to be fair, have you seen his first film? No. So you can't see all of it, but if you go on a YouTube, type in my best friend's birthday and it's bad. Is it like the room bad? No, no, no. It's just, it looks like a cheap kid oh. did a movie. Like it literally looks like you would think someone trying to make their first movie. Yeah. And I can like guarantee, like yours are my first films, better than that. Thank you. You man. guys <laughs> better than Tarantino. You heard it here that's, today. That's what I always use when I'm feeling down. I'm like, you know what? My first film is better than Tarantino's first film, My Best Friend's Birthday. The one that, because like he was making, he made it over a period of weekends and stuff like oh, that. And yeah. then, and he says, he says it all it ended up being it was like catarpics in my hand because um, it didn't really go anywhere and didn't do anything. Right. And you can tell why because it's really bad and he's acting in it. And it just, it literally looks like the stuff you shot when you were like 12 on like the little DV mm-hmm. cam when you're yep. pretending to do movies. Yeah. Like that's what it looks like. But he was like 20 something when he was doing it, which is, it's, it's, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's hopeful in that you're like, okay, even the best ones were not that good at yeah. one point or another. <laughs> So, um, and did you do, did you study anything prior to, to film or did you just go like high school filmmaking? High school working retail and yay. Yay, the classic and then filmmaking. I did like a two day crash course in independent filmmaking in Singapore. If you've heard of Dove Simmons. Yes. Tarantino yeah, and everyone yeah, 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 there yeah, yeah, yeah. are like, he's amazing. I did this and now I know how to make a movie. I did that because I was like, oh my God, maybe I'll know how to make a movie. Was it good? Did you find- it was really good. Oh, that's good. He just broke it down and did more of the business side of it. Yeah. And he's like, That's well, the stuff they never teach you in film school. Exactly either. right. Kind of crazy. Yeah. So it was good. That gave me the push. And I was like, well, now I know how to. I guess I have to do it. And then I was like, wow, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that, what is it, Socrates or someone like a wise man knows one thing that he knows nothing? Yeah. yeah. So and, uh, it's true. But uh, oh, that's cool. You, you're way smarter than me. I spent two years in film school. Oh, <laughs> and, nice. And regretted pretty much all. Of it. And I learned nothing from you because then I spent two years in uh, oh, film well. school eight years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it was a fun t- – like I, I learned stuff but not necessarily, I guess, what they were intending on teaching you. I in feel like yeah. – I learned how to deal reason, with shit people. Yeah. That was one thing Well, I that's learned. a very important thing to it learn. Is. Especially <laughs> in filmmaking. I, I, I feel like 
I got a lot out of it because I had lived through you already and I had already known a lot about filmmaking because I saw a lot of people struggle and didn't know what the fuck they're doing. And I was like, you know, who does this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so, and so your, your film Cursed, mm-hmm. um, we'll do a little bit of plug of it now because then we yep. might go into spoiler territory. Oh, so no. if our listeners want to purchase the film or rent the film, uh, it's on Vimeo On Demand. That's vimeo.com slash on demand slash cursed, mm-hmm. C-U-R-S-E-D. If, I, if my pronunciation is bad. And um, I, I that's where I've, I found it because I, I learned to view through – I was at like just a house party and then I was describing an experience I'd had with my first film and yeah. they're like, you need to meet Brit. She did this film, Curse. And I tangentially heard of your film through – I saw posts on Cinema Australia, yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, the trailer, and we have a uh, we have a cast uh, member in common yeah, with Chris Charteris. Chris Charteris, yeah. of course. It, it goes across both of our films. And so I'd, I'd seen him post and stuff about it. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, you two have like the same story with the film. <laughs> you need to meet her. And so I contacted you and I was like, come on to the podcast and talk about it because we're trying to get more trying to get more people other than just us talking about stuff um, <laughs> and bitching about <laughs> – mostly bitching. Um, but you, so – Purchase that movie or rent it and pause the film, get the movie, watch it, come back. We'll, we'll go into spoiler territory now. So the movie – so this idea, where did it um, come from for you? Did it have like an origin story or – I was writing something called Salad Days. Terrible title, I know. Don't worry, you can say it. Um, Is that the whole conversation that they yeah, have done. about salads? No. <laughs> yes, that did weave into it. Um, Good to hear. <laughs> But then I just had it as like housemates and normal housemate stuff and they just sit down and talk and go, oh, I hate it when Jenny does this, blah, blah. And then I kept having this idea of a gypsy woman cursing the house. And I was like, okay. And it wouldn't leave me alone. And I was like, nope, I don't want to do this. That's dumb. <laughs> and here I am today with a whole feature <laughs> film about a gypsy woman cursing a house. house. <laughs> but it's good because it kind of sits in this this um, absurdist mm. comedy kind of thing. Mm. It. Oh, I was trying to think of the film that it reminded me of. There's like – um. Oh. It, it's like the f- the first 20 minutes is what you'd expect, how it's just roommates together talking. Yeah. B- brilliant idea for your, your first feature because you know what? You're living, you're, you're working with your limitations. One location. One location, one. actors talking. That's mm-hmm. what you got. And then all of a sudden a gypsy woman comes and now they're in that one location for a reason. They cannot leave that one location. Yeah. Boom, that's your movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always, I always, because like a lot of people when they're doing stuff, they, I, I always refer to it as people make movies about people in houses being sad mm-hmm. and you kind of took people in houses being sad and were like, oh, let's just throw in this little curveball and that's all it takes to make it go, yeah. oh, now you remember that movie over the the hundred of other films about people who like, you know, they're just upset, because, you know, they're about to break up for the whole hour of the movie or something yeah. like that. Um, I, I was about to, I was like, it's a really terrible reference. I understand where I'm coming from. Uh, like Woody Allen-esque in the way in that he would do his his movies where – sorry, I, I do apologize. He's, a, he's trash. He's, he's a trashy he person. Is, but, but like I get what you mean. His stuff I was going to say, like are a- you about to say, because you finger fuck your cousin, because every time we bring up Woody Daughter-in-law. Allen. Daughter-in-law. I'm about to adopt a kid, guys. So. Oh, fantastic. Well, you know um, what to do. <laughs> um and then you can marry her too. Like, oh. yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but um, uh, where he'd take like a, 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 a sort of a more traditional kind of story and then would give it this small element of magical realism yeah. just to just to up the ante of the absurdism. There's another filmmaker that does it and I just – it's my brain is not working today. But um, I really appreciated that about it. I was just oh, like – especially like supernatural – like mm. I'm, I am like, I love supernatural yeah. elements, gypsy curses. And I love – so I think we should talk about the choice to – We'll go into the making of it a little bit, but the film is in black and white. The, yep. the curse, the duration of the curse, the film is in black and white. I really like that choice. Thank I really you. like that choice. I was just like, uh, like I dig formal choices yeah. that aren't just like, you know, 
like it's, you know what I mean? It was, <laughs> I cannot yeah. make words today, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, just making a choice that sort of sticks out because everyone will normally when you do something like that, like in Red Curtain Hell, there's like a scene that's, I, I use this as an example, the, the camera's on the side, on, on an, at a 90 degree tilt for like three oh, and a half minutes. Nice. And people sort of normally push back against it. Like you're, you're breaking the illusion. I'm like, no, there's no one who's watching a movie that is under the impression that like, oh, I'm lost in, like everyone's aware of where they are when they're watching a movie, yeah. especially if you're in a cinema and there's people talking and eating chips really loudly. Uh-huh. But um, so why was this idea the one that you're like, this has to be my first film? Or was, uh, it, or was it not the idea and was it more like... Um, accessibility. I, oh, <laughs> it's right, the way yeah. that I could make something. So my first film I ever wrote is a road trip film. Right. Cool. Yeah. That a lot costs, harder to make. <laughs> yep. A lot of money, a lot, a lot of, of locations. Uh, vehicles, locations, everything. So it was more like I want to make that one now and then what am I going to make to get to that? Yeah. Oh, cool. So Cursed is my baby but not – like I've written so many others before it but it was the one that was going to help me get there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I had a. I was doing a a Christmas romantic musical comedy Ooh, for quite a genre. <laughs> it is it is, and it was big. There was like a huge frigging cast on this thing, and I'd spent like five years, and then it, it like went up like the Hindenburg. And so my goal was to try and find something doable. Mm-hmm. And so ended up my first Red Curtain Hill. My first one is um, it's it's all set in a theater during the opening night of a show, and so you're watching yeah. like people on stage, backstage shenanigans, the audience, that kind of thing. It ended up being way bigger than I wanted it to be anyway. Yeah. But it would, the aim was to do something that didn't have a million locations and this many frigging characters just keeping track of them. I mean, Red Can Hell ended up being like 24 anyway, 24 yeah. stinking characters. I'm just like, why? Wow, that is a lot um, for a feature, like your first feature too. But yeah. You pulled it off. So. Yeah. Well, I figured I figured I, I was one week away from shooting that rom-com and there was like some I've talked about on the podcast before there was a lot of knives going into my back about Mm. a week before the thing and so I was like you know what I know I can prep a film that big so I think I can pull this one off and Mm. we we, I think I think we managed I think we managed so as far as like making it how did you like what was your so you'd written the script Mm -hmm. what was your your next sort of like how do I make this Teaching myself how to do pre-prod really like I (laughs) was just like researching everything and I was just printing off the dumbest little format sheets of being like, oh, here's how I'm going to break down this scene and these locations. But then my sister helped me a lot. She was my assistant director and co-producer. So oh, awesome. I, I, I was going to ask because I saw that there were two producers on there and I yeah. was like, okay, so how did you get that second one? Sisters, sisters. they work. Yeah, we came that's out cool. of the same womb. So mm. that's how I got that <laughs> one. But, um, yeah, I just basically taught myself. I was still working while I was doing it and I just – I gave myself three months because my shoot date was in three months. And I was like, yep, all good. Found everyone. So that you, all fell so apart. You set, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. I was gonna say, so you set the shoot date and then went went and started pre-production. Which is not very it? smart, but I did it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that all fell apart. Then all my actors stayed on board, thank God. Oh, great. Just, oh, that's yeah, awesome. Which was amazing. So I was like, give me another three months. I'll sort it out. Found someone else to jump on board. Like I had the tiniest crew I had. You did. Uh, looking at the IMDb and the credits. I yeah, was I tried like, to oh. flesh out those credits and I'm like, how do I make this look bigger? <laughs> and it doesn't just like roll for one second and then it's music, done. Music, music, yeah. <laughs> music. I did stay till the end of the credits because I nice. was because I, I, I saw on IMDb, I was like, oh, really small crew. Mm-hmm. One minute of credits. Let's see what, what happens here. <laughs> how did she do it? <laughs> <laughs> and it was a lot of just you. Um yeah, like granted I wore too many hats, I think, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. Yeah. 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 You kind of want to be Yeah, you want to be running everything and half the time my thing was 
like if I have to spend the time to show someone how to do something, mm-hmm. I may as well just spend that time doing it because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, you dub, it's like double handling. It's like yeah. picking up a thing, putting yeah. it on the floor, then getting someone else to pick up the thing and then put it in the on the bench or whatever. You know, like it's just this weird double handling. Uh, I'm going to ask something in the production side of things just because mm-hmm. I've tried it before and failed abysmally and you pretty much did everything, uh, but you did one more thing than Shane did. You were like the lead character as well. Yeah, yeah. how self-centered is that? <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to play the lead. Acting <laughs> and directing at the same time. Yeah, like Shane had a cameo. You had the main character. And I, I was yeah. watching it and, and like I was looking at going, okay, this character was clearly written for this actress. They must have just seen her and been like, oh, yeah, that's the one I want. <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, that's that's the director. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. Because I've tried to act and direct can't do mm-hmm. it. It's um, hard. It's my, so my directing sucks hard. if I'm trying to act. So how did you, how? <laughs> my sister, my saving grace. Ah. So same wavelength. She can tell me, like she can literally say, hey, that was shit. Do it again to me. Oh, or like you were the worst in that scene. And <laughs> just watching, you know, the rushes back, I'd try to do it as quickly as possible and be like, okay. And I guess coming from being in the scene too, you kind of have an advantage as the director yeah. because you are feeling the emotion of the scene. And if you don't feel that emotion or you just like hear a line wrong and you're like, that's not how you're supposed to say it. I try to stay in the moment as much as possible and also be like, I have notes for you. That was shit. (laughs) You see, that was always my thing. Whenever I've done things, I can't keep track of notes on for other people. And then usually what happens is my brain is more of a director than an actor. And so I, I, the acting suffers really badly. And then I'll end up doing too many takes to try and fix myself. And then I'm just like fucking around and spend everyone's time. That's why I'd always do like a little cameo, something easy. Like in Red Cone Hell, I play like an exasperated sale, like someone at the ticket box. (laughs) Yeah. I, I've done retail for 10 years. It's a very, like I can do that on, on, on autopilot. Yes, I went method. I studied for 10 years for this cameo. See, I, I'm the opposite because I'm more of an actor. When oh. I'm acting in something I'm directing, I'm focusing on the act. If, if anyone else can fuck themselves, this yep. is me time. Mm-hmm. So which is why in Pizza Deliverance it worked much better that I was just a henchman who had a fight scene. That yeah. was all I had. Was that always the plan to play that role or were you yep. originally? Okay, good. good. Well, I started off acting, then writing. Oh, cool. The reason I started writing is because I was like, all of these roles that I'm getting, like even just an audition for, that no, I'm not going to get. I let me, hate. Let me guess. It's like, the nagging girlfriend, the nagging wife, the, the, nagging the love mermaid. interest. The nagging mermaid. I haven't yeah. not heard that one before. Nagging mermaid every time. You know, every you get single time. I mean, I could, it's just on my face, right? You're like, <laughs> hey, she needs to be a nagging mermaid. <laughs> but yeah, we, I just wasn't loving the roles. And I was like, oh. Uh, I want to write this and I had the idea and then it just snowballed into if this is ever going to get made, I'm going to have to produce it. And then I was like, if I want it made the way that I want it made, I'm going to have to direct it. <laughs> uh, you were like like a hop, skip and a jump away from like Eddie Murphying it where you were playing. Did you, would you ever yeah. consider that at any point? Um, I've actually got something in the think tank for playing multiple characters, but oh, I'm cool. like, don't do it to yourself. It's going to be so hard. <laughs> well, I guess if you, you've got – what's great is you have a film now and you can say, look I've done this yeah. and that's like because every time I'm like because I've done record and hell and I'm trying to like put things together and do mm-hmm. stuff and I always feel like shit and then people point out they're like Dude, you made a feature film yeah. and I, I'm like I have to step in and go yeah because that's not something everyone's kind of done so like the yep. fact that you've gone out and you you did it because I talked to a lot of people and a lot of people are like oh no I've got to do this and they arm and they are yeah. about it and you're like if you just stepped out and did it but they don't and so you're like in this like 
not top like one percent of people who <laughs> don't just talk about making yeah. a feature film they make a fucking feature film yeah which is fucking incredible i think honestly and um same goes to you oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty cool as well guys yeah. <laughs> you haven't done a feature yet you just have you written shorts, one yet that's nothing. i keep begging you to at least write one no i well i wrote um so i was gonna write uh karate cop three putting a chop to crime as my first feature and the idea was amazing it was one that i could shoot over weekends mm-hmm. because it was so such a disjointed thing it was meant to be like a dodgy film. Um, have you ever seen uh, Samurai Cop? No, but I have seen Bad Taste. So oh, that's yeah, what Bad I'm Taste thinking. is the way I wanted to make it. Um, the Samurai Cop is made by this filmmaker who uh, he's made three films, mm-hmm. and each one gets progressively technically worse but each one becomes more of this refined idea of a buddy cop film he just really wants to make lethal weapon Mm -hmm. and by the third one it's it's like it's being filtered through these alien eyes to the point the third one samurai cop barely resembles a film but then also physically barely (laughs) resembles a film um it's fascinating so the idea of karate cop 3 putting a chop to crime was it's this third in the series that doesn't mm-hmm. exist, and it's the worst one. So you'd see flashbacks to the oh. other movies, uh, which had done well, <laughs> but that was so I could do it as cheap as possible, and yeah. there'd be a lot of like in jokes and stuff. Point is, I haven't written that. I wrote a short of it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I wrote. Kar- Karate. And you haven't sent it to me. I'm sorry. I, 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 s- I sent it to Katie <laughs> because Katie's into black exploitation. Okay. I'll I'll send it to you. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'll write cool. a feature cool one day. Cool. <laughs> um, but that's the thing is that like we're seeing that more and more. We have there's a um, do you know Rita Artman and Joe Bauer? No, uh, no. Australians uh, and the Killage. No. no, they've done two, so they're, they're better done. than you guys. But uh, uh, so she, like she produces and then helps come up with the idea, and then her partner he uh, writes and directs and does mm-hmm. all the visual effects and like a million other things. But part of the reason why she, they've kind of gone to do she sort of latched onto him in that because she was also sick of like. Getting shit roles, especially shit roles for women. Yeah, we've, it's we've a sort real of mentioned, thing. Yeah, it's terrible. We've talked about it a bit on the the podcast when we had um, Ellen and and um, Rachel in. Yeah, some screenwriters in that like, it's not like it's so bizarre to me because there's all like just um, statistically, especially in Queensland, there's more female actors than there mm-hmm. are male actors. Write better fucking roles for them, right? I found that like I found that doing that um on on Raycon Hell, I just because. Uh, like you know, I grew up with a single mum and all that kind of thing, so I've I, I've never fallen into that bracket. I, I did when I first started writing, but then I very quickly realised how shit those scripts were anyway, so I kind of ditched <laughs> them. Um, but with Red Curtain Hell, I found there was I have uh, there's sort of two central female sort of younger females who were like a little bit more complicated than that, and then I had a role for a woman over the age of forty, what? and and everyone's like <laughs> right, and everyone's like, and I got messages from the cast like just putting up the audition. They're like, oh, I'd like to audition, and I just like to say thank you for having a role for a woman over 40. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's not that hard. I, mm-hmm. I had the same thing with pizza deliverance when I had auditionees come in and they were like, thank you for making the like a male and a female co, uh, co-act together and not be romantic interests. Oh, and I was like, I mean, that's not a big thing, surely. <laughs> it is. Because everyone does it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, fight the patriarchy, destroy it. Eat I'm the trying rich. my best. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm even finding that my web series that I'm doing now, the sort of the, at least on this episode, three of the central uh, characters are women, and you just find it's, it's 
They're better. Women are better than men. Let's Thank say it. Let's so put much. it out. <laughs> Please say that but again. Yeah. That's yeah. Full stop. Women are, women are way better than men. Um, get that on a t-shirt. Saying get, get that on a t-shirt. Um, I wanted to quickly touch on, um, were there any sort of major lessons you kind of learned? Because I do want to talk about like mm-hmm. getting the film out there because that's where we, you and I have oh. so much in common. <laughs> but um, as far as like making the film and into post-production, were there any kind of big lessons you learned, either things that kind of went wrong and you kind of had to figure it out or things mm-hmm. that happy accidents where you're like, oh, I need to do that more. Uh, well, I think my fear was fueling me the whole time. I was just <laughs> terrified. I was like 21 when I shot it. I think oh I was, Jesus God. Christ. I think I was the oh, I'm second youngest person on set. Chris was younger. I was like, thank God someone's <laughs> younger than me. But. Oh, my goodness. See, I made my goal. My goal was I wanted to write my first feature script by before I turned 20. I wrote it at 19. Mm-hmm. Make my first feature film. Before 25, I was 24 when I made it. But you're 21. My well, God. I released it last year and I'm now 26. So it took me a while. But, yeah, when I shot it, I was so young. I was so scared. I think the best thing I learned that I want to keep doing is to just try and take on everyone else's advice and things because I wasn't too proud to say, like, oh, no, I'm the director, I'm doing this. That's it was such more- a valuable thing in a director too because a mm. lot of people, especially when I was at uni, people treated it like it's the – it's the dictatorship job of yeah. you order this person to do this and this person to do this. And it's, it's not, it's, it's, there's, it's, there's a difference between dictating and delegating hundred percent, and giving people creative freedom because then they'll always give great ideas mm-hmm. and then you're going to get the credit at the end of the day anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I jokingly say that I try and give credit to people who, who come up with things, but that it, it's that it's a collaborative medium is not like a cliche. It's like yeah. hardcore, the truth and mm. the best directors are the ones who, know that like in instinctively mm-hmm. um what about post-production was there any sort of I, how long did you how long was the process overall from like shoot to to oh. having the finished film not necessarily yeah. releasing it but yeah. having the finished film uh, i think it took me two and a half years cool, wow. cool. so post was definitely longest part of the whole thing um <laughs> i don't do anything technical like i am that filmmaker that's like I'm just a creative (laughs) and I produce when I have to but yeah I don't do anything technical I just trust everyone else to do that for me yeah so that was really hard because it's like I just handed over my newborn baby and I was like now make something pretty out of this and everyone was like oh okay give me a while because there's a lot of weird footage here but (laughs) (laughs) but no it took ages it taught me patience which I'm still learning unfortunately yeah that's my week post-production is my least favorite I hate it it's so because it's so you're spending so much time on very little amounts of stuff getting Mm -hmm. done whereas production there's this I like production the most and a lot of people don't because I just love that ticking clock that kind of no people don't like I'm big filmmakers, they're man. always really? like the film is made in the edit, and I hate that uh, kind if of. You don't version. have any footage to edit, then you yeah. don't have a film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's only so much you can do. You need something yeah. like editing is a creative aspect. Like I like the there's one of those cliche sayings where they're like it's the film is written in the script, it's written in the shoot, mm. it's written in the end, and I like that more. It's rewritten. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a rewrite as opposed to writing it from scratch. That yeah. doesn't really happen unless you have the footage to do that with. Otherwise, you just got like a bunch of intertitles and things <laughs> that don't make any sense. Um, yeah, post-production was a nightmare for me and I had sound issues. The person Aww, I delegated to sound didn't yeah. quite pull their socks up. Was yours ADR'd at any points? Yeah, there were okay. a couple and they're quite noticeable. But I'm like, hey, it was my first try. <laughs> ADR's, a, ADR's like a Is total a nightmare bitch. and a half. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think... We didn't do any like proper ADR, but I did like swap lines out. We'd recorded mm-hmm. wild lines on the set. I don't know if you ever did that. I, that's like a cool thing someone... I can't remember where I oh Robert Rodriguez on um oh. on um 
El Mariachi because he couldn't record sound at the same time. But mm. he just literally had them do the scene. You basically run the scene with, but the sound guy is now with the camera. So the sound guy yeah. can get up as close as possible. And that way the sound sounds the same. And usually if you do it just after you've done the last take, the actors are pretty on it and it's going to match oh, the smart. timing. It doesn't always match, yeah. but when it does, and it's usually will be that one bit of line that saves you. And I had a, like two moments from that, that I was able to pull for Red Cut in Hell because the sound we got was rubbish and I was able to pull it and <laughs> like, yes, it works. <laughs> um, so, oh, uh, oh, it's the visual, oh, just quickly on the visual language mm-hmm. of it. So the black and white thing, how, how were you figuring all that out? Uh, it was really good. My cinematographer was also... Like my gaffer, he was incredible. So awesome. He was brilliant. He loved lighting for black and white. So I was like, oh, thank great. you. You're a god. And black yeah. and white saves you so much. Shoot everything in black and white. <laughs> yeah, I just shot a, I just shot a, my latest short was shot in black and white. And I was like, Jesus, I need to do more like this. Yeah. And I just love the way it looks. I, I know, it looks amazing. I love the fact that you had a DP who knew the difference between lighting, black and white, and oh. light and color. Because uh, there is a difference and people don't realize. A huge difference. Mm, mm, yeah. Definitely. That's really cool. Well, so I want to talk about getting it out there. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this is where you and I were just like, what the fuck is going on? We were talking yeah. a little bit before we hit record of, and we won't name names on that, <laughs> but uh, a certain uh, institution that had said, yeah, we want your film mm-hmm. on our service. Um, send us all the thing. Here's all the paperwork. Fill it out. And we do it. We sent it. And I found out you and I literally, we sent it all, mm-hmm. waited for a reply, got nothing. And then we did, sent four, we both of us sent yeah. four follow-up emails about it dead cold silence which i just don't understand don't ask for like yeah, the fact that they put forward for australian it. films and then not actually nothing but how did yeah. you go with festivals i look it was my first film i was like oh look I'm, i've got black and white i'm basically kevin smith you guys will love my movie it's not the <laughs> 90s anymore so no one cares yeah so yeah. i was like all right i'm going to toronto i'm going to sundance i went to all of them i Got semi-finalist for Sydney Indie, which I was like... Oh, awesome. I have a laurel, thank God. And then I got into a really amazing little festival in NZ, which was oh, so cool. good. And it was actually an indie film festival. It wasn't like... That's one more than me. An indie film fest <laughs> trying to be a market. Yes. So I was like, yep, yep. Um, so people literally just showcased films. That's, and it was nice and supportive. Good. Do you know Do you know the name of that one? Uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Aroanui, I think. Okay. And it's in Te, Te Arawa. Okay, Joe cool. runs it. Brilliant. He okay. was just such a good process. We'll put links. We'll put links and, and maybe yeah. tag them and stuff like <laughs> that. We, I had I submitted I submitted to the big ones, but I was trying to because I knew ours was like a little indie and there's no famous mm. people and it's a weird dark comedy. So I tried to target like the weirder film festivals. Yeah, I tried to target comedy and I targeted England, like Australia. I had hit like pretty much all the Australian ones and only got into one and I hit all uh, British ones and like little weird British ones that are above a pub or something like that. Mm-hmm. Nothing. We only ever got into one. I submitted yeah. to, I, I dropped in total like three grand oh, on wow. festival I think I submissions. did a grand. Yeah. It's crazy. I did expensive. three grand and only ever got into one and that one treat, I've talked about it before, but that yeah. one treated us like trash. Really? Was it? Where did you go? Uh, um, you it, was a, it was a it was a one here in Queensland. Not name I'll, I'll name it. it I'll name it off. <laughs> right. yeah. I'm like, mm. Actually, I think I might know which one it is. You probably do. I didn't submit do. because I thought that the caliber of my film might not have fitted in there. Let's say uh, they got us on. But then they were basically like, like I submitted, and then they were like, "You're in the festival. We're going to program it. We'll let you know. We'll give you all links." 
and then I hear nothing, I hear nothing. Then the program comes out and it's like a month until the festival and our thing is not on the program. I was just like, uh, hey, uh, sorry, just checking. What the, Are we in? We're not like, I'm fine either way. Just let yeah. me know. And um, and then uh, I – sorry, I've just got – I've just completely blanked on my mind. Um, they – fuck. You called them. I they, called them. You, you weren't in the Sorry, yes, program. I wasn't in the film and then – they were like, oh, yeah, we'll put you on. We'll put you on a late Monday night or something like that. And then they didn't give – every other film that played there had a student ticket price. We didn't have a student ticket price. We were programmed on a 9.30 on a Monday night yeah. after another film. And then we they had – there was only three features in this festival. We didn't get any of the awards. They gave them all to the other ones. And mm-hmm. But even despite the fact that prior – the year before there was a Best Comedy Film Award mm-hmm. and that award – and we were the only comedy, and that was in the year that film that got that was the only comedy film in there. And from oh, what my understanding, okay. it was an award that was invented because they're mates with the guy who made it. Um, oh, that award nice. no longer existed <laughs> on in the year that I submitted when I was the only comedy film. Mm. And should have been friends with the guy. Even who the Q and A, there was like a lot of aggressive taking the mic back off me. Yeah, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? And then for that to be my only festival, I was just so fucking bummed. Festivals are heartbreaking, honestly. Well, like I was so happy with my first festival experience because my Q&A was really cute. Like I just had – cool. I The people who came to mind to make sure that they filled the seats because they're like, this is an Australian film. Is anyone going to watch it? <laughs> they got like a work Christmas party. Oh, cool. And so the work Christmas party, which is interesting because there was a lot of different age groups. Yeah. But I had this one lady at the Q&A just went, are you going to make another movie like this? And I was like, hopefully. And she's like, good, because I like the supernatural stuff. And I was like, I will make it for you, lady. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's so, really yeah, It was good. really supportive. Like as much as I wanted to get into Sundance, say, yeah. this was better for me. That's cool. That's good. Yeah, I would have just got Is that for Sydney Indie or the New Zealand one? New Zealand one. Oh, very So I didn't cool. actually get to Sydney Indie. Oh, it was just right, like, right, you're right. a semi-finalist, but you're not invited. <laughs> I didn't even get semi-finalist on them. I submitted oh, really? to them and I was just like, Ugh. I, I got really bitter about it. I need to just learn to so shrug bitter. that off. Like yeah. my first rejection email, I was like, didn't even want to get into that one anyway. And I was like all bummed. And then I was like, what am I even doing? Like, yeah. this is the first thing you've made. I've never even made a short before this. I was oh, like, wow. I've been in Wait, hold the phone. Really? Wow. Holy shit. Well, I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to make a feature. (laughs) Stupidest thing ever. No, that's brilliant. You're now like like miles ahead of everyone else trying to make films. Just not in Australia, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Australian film industry is an oxymoron if there ever was one. Did you ever try and deal with like distributors or anything like that? I did. Um, I went to some. I sort of had some contacts through other people. And they basically just said, like, eh, it's Australian and it, you're a young woman and it's weird, so we can't really do anything with it. And I just – my constant feedback was, your character's unlikable, which I was like, oh, yeah, she's a woman, totally get it, don't worry. Yeah. And then it was like, who is your audience? If it was What's a man, he'd be an anti-hero. Right. Yeah. They're like, oh, he's so relatable, I love him. Yeah, yeah. They'd make a TV show and give him Emmys. <laughs> mm. Becca. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually love Becker. I can't rip on it. <laughs> Wait, have you been listening? Did you listen to our podcast? No. We used to always we have. There's a Becker. running joke of <gasps> about Becker at the end of every episode. Oh, nice. That's so insane. Thank you. You're I'm now my favourite person ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Ted um, Danson has my heart. So And so yeah. then you were like, let's put it on Vimeo. Was there a sort of a, a key moment to that or you were just like? Uh, yeah, the little thing that ticked in my head and went, no one's going to do this for me again, which is what made yeah. me make the feature. So then I was like, just... Put it out there. 
because I'm sure you went through it as well, yeah. where you went, this is trash, everyone hates it, I should never make a movie, I'm going to just go and cry for six months. And yeah. then I was like, oh, see if you can at least get some people to watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's th- that's essentially what I did. I think yeah. that's the key thing is you just want people to watch it. It's mm-hmm. not about making the money back. You're never going to make that you money back. You can tell me it's shit, just watch it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, there's a gratification knowing that you made a thing and now someone has had to take you know, an hour and a half out of their life to yeah. see it. Like to torture themselves for it. literally told a story and someone heard that story yeah. slash saw it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's so cool. That's amazing. Well, um, was there anything anything else you wanted to talk about with the film or? Uh, no, just that everyone should rent it or buy it. Rent it or yeah. buy it. There we'll is colour in it too, I will tell there you There is colour. It's, uh, it's pretty 20% pastel. 20% colour, 80% yeah. uh, black and white. There's I was looking at the pastel tones at the start. It's nice. It's cool. It's, it's very, very well very cool. lit. Yes. Thank you, Mark. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll put links for that in the show notes and it's also on Vimeo on demand. Sorry, Vimeo.com slash on demand slash cursed. Um, and uh, what, what else do we do? We plug? Are you do, have you got anything else you want to plug? Do you have anything else coming up? Are there, are there any other films you're going to be make? Cause make it supernatural. I like that. Uh, I do I'm actually have woman. something supernatural in the oh. pipelines as a web series. Oh, very cool. Uh, haven't, I'm in very early pre-prod, like haven't even started writing it yet, <laughs> let's say, but the whole concept is that you're watching a band at band practice every week. It's a girl band and they accidentally summoned back a guy from a new wave band from the 80s and it's like them fighting the patriarchy every episode. (laughs) That is amazing. That's my idea. As a fan of new wave music, I'm in. I love new wave music, but this guy is going to get like torn to shreds. (laughs) That's amazing. I cannot wait to see it and I'm sure all our audience too. Check out Brit's film. It's Mm. amazing. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. This has been wonderful. You're wonderful, but (laughs) probably out there. Let's do this again. Yeah, Yeah. let's do this again. Do a whole Becker episode. I love it. So thank you guys for listening. You can find us on social media at – on Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers, and you can email us. If you have some questions for Britt, we can pass them on for you and everything. Yeah, uh, at motionpicturerangers at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter and uh, Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. I'm on Letterboxd at 24 frames. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Chancester, and you can find me on Letterbox at whatever that's called. Is it Chancester? I think so. Yeah, I think it's just Chancester. That's C H A R N S T A R. And uh, do you have any socials you want to plug? Or do you, uh, are you, you're not a big social person. Not a big social person, but I am on Instagram. Is there a page wanna... for the, the the cursed film as well, like a Facebook page? No, they just have my grade one productions page. So okay, production cool. company page on Facebook. That okay. is you in the photo, yeah, right? Yeah, that's tiny me. I, did, I look like the devil. You it can wasn't, say it. Because it was like, <laughs> I mean, it's true. It wasn't until like halfway through the movie that I, I looked up on IMDb and realized you were the director as well. Uh, <laughs> and then when I watched all the credits and at the end, it came up with grade one and I was like, I paused it and I was like, is that her? She's got like the same eyes, but you know, obviously bigger because physically smaller. <laughs> so yeah, glad I, I, it's confirmed guys. The little it girl in the logo. The little tiny satanic picture is yeah. me. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much once again for coming on. This has been absolutely wonderful. Check out Brit's film and you can hear from us next week. Oh, oh no, not next no, week. No, next week. Uh, there, oh, sorry. There will be a break. Yeah, there, there will, will be a break. break. We one won't week be here break, for a week. But then we'll be back because I'm shooting my, my web series. Thank you guys so much for listening and tune in again. Bye. Bye. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? So
Christmas. Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates, moderated by me, Zane C. Weber, in order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you find podcasts. Oh, that's not kind of productions podcast.